guys, it's Tim, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Friday, and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news, but actually today, over two handfuls of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Of course, today's show does go. We do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like 11, 12 stories or so. We're going to talk about uh, the show Heels not being dead. They're looking for a new home for that. How about Jade Cargill signing with WWE? What could be next with Matt Riddle and what could have led to his release? Some uh, WWE Saudi Arabian notes, LA Knight, WWE taping stuff, injury updates in AEW, and so much more. Because again, this is the wrestling wrap-up. We're talking about a bunch of wrestling right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And We've been fortunate enough over the last couple of weeks that Luke's uh, schedule has changed up, and he can join us for the wrestling wrap-up now on Fridays. He's not available on Wednesdays for the AEW show, so you still get your double dose of Luke now just with a different version of content because now instead of reviewing something, he gets to talk about the news. But Luke, how's your week been going? Honestly, my week's been going pretty pretty all right. So last night on campus, we had Josh Peck from Drake and Josh come down to be like a guest speaker. And it was really fun. I saw your video. Yeah, it was really cool. Like he talked about like him being on Drake and Josh what his favorite episode was. He talked a lot about Oppenheimer because he was in that movie. Right. So some people got to do Q&A and stuff. There was just one part where like these two like little kids were at the were there and they said, all right, do you have a question? They walked up and he's like, wait, why'd you guys even let me curse? If you if you guys knew kids were going to be here and stuff. So I thought that was hilarious. That's funny. But as far as that goes, you know, we got a lot to talk about. Like I stated, I do want to give you guys an update for tomorrow. Tomorrow I will be at NXT No Mercy. So tomorrow night, there will not be a No Mercy review. Instead, I plan on doing the No Mercy review on a Sunday morning. I know around... Noon or one, I'm taking my daughter to see the Paw Patrol movie, so it would be before noon Pacific time. So that's just a heads up. Before noon Pacific Monday, or not Monday, Sunday, I will be doing the NXT No Mercy review again. I'm going to be there live, so I'll get my perspective of being there live. I'll maybe record something with the kids to put on the show, uh, getting their perspective and their thoughts of the show and everything. And then I will watch it again, just so I have the TV version in my head and I think I'm gonna have a buddy do the um notes for me but then his notes are gonna be the TV version and so like what I see may be a little bit different than what is shown on TV so I want to have both perspectives and know all that but we will do an NXT no mercy review it's just not gonna be Sunday night because I ain't getting home till like probably at least midnight on Saturday not Sunday Saturday I'm getting my days mixed up because Sunday we also have Wrestle Dream but that's a whole other animal in itself Tony Khan's saying, now, here we go. I want to I get your opinion on this, Luke. Tony Khan is kind of teasing an announcement at WrestleDream and calling it like the end of an era. What do you think that is? Are they merging AEW with Ring of Honor? Is the rumors true and Tony's bought New Japan? Like, what could this new era, end of an era be? I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I mean... Is New Japan even, like, for sale? Like, not, we've never even heard rumors about them being for sale. Not that I know of, and from the way Meltzer was speaking, 
he was saying even if it is, it's not easy for someone in America to buy a Japanese company. Maybe to buy into and become an investor in, but not outright just buy it. So, I mean... I mean, if Tony Khan wanted to buy New Japan, he'd have to like offer some like ridiculous offer for it. He well, might have to overpay for it. Here's my other question: Why should and would and why would Tony Khan buy New Japan when he can basically, for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, use any of the talent from there he wants on his shows? Like, why buy it and have to now pay their contracts? Instead of just using the talent from New Japan, maybe paying them a little bit of an appearance fee or something, but not having to full outright own everything and pay for all that. You know what I mean? It would make more sense for him to just have a partnership with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling instead of buying the entire company. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, they already have a working relationship together, and, right. and they're basically saying, yeah, you can use whatever talent you want as long as like it doesn't affect like our bookings and stuff. And speaking of that, I didn't have this on the run of show, but I can talk about it really quick. MLW has a new huge working agreement with New Japan. They actually have announced a, they call it a Unite for a Landmark Strategical Alliance. MLW, CMLL, and New Japan Pro Wrestling starting next month will begin sharing talent across all three promotions. So that's huge. But MLW now has a working agreement with New Japan. So now New Japan is working with not just Impact, not just AEW, but MLW as well. So the big question that I've seen is, will this impact them working, no pun intended, with Impact, New Japan that is, or even AEW, and be like, oh, well, uh, we're going to work with you a little bit less because now we're working with MLW. So I don't know how that's going to affect their other U.S. partnerships. You know what I think is funny, though? Huh. I remember, like, listening to this interview with Chris Van Vliet. He interviewed Billy Corgan. He asked Billy, you know, we see all these wrestling companies working together. Why haven't, why hasn't, like, the NWA worked with with all these other companies? Like, hey, I made the offers, and they said no. <laughs> yeah. So they're basically saying the NWA is crap. We don't want to work with your indie promotion. So. Like, no disrespect to the NWA whatsoever, right. but... I just don't know how, and I know this kind of sounds like me being an asshole and stuff. Like, I just don't know how, if, if let's say impact was going to work with NWA, I just don't know how to really like benefit impact in any way. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, what, what's the benefit? They get to use EC3. Like that's what the only benefit then that they would even kind of want from it anyways. Cause so. EC3 had history with impact. In exactly. The past. So, I don't know what that is going to lead to with MLW now working with CMLL and New Japan, if that's going to hurt anything else, but we'll follow it. I mean, it's a story. It's a new story for sure, but I think there's still too many questions to actually like dive deep into it. It's like, yeah, they're going to start exchanging talent, but how often? Is it like every so often? Because I think like Suzuki got announced for something recently. I think, hold on, I can check my email because they sent me something, I think yesterday or today. Um, yeah, Minoru Suzuki will be doing a meet and greet before their slaughterhouse show in October. But I believe I mean, I feel like Suzuki was already announced for that show, maybe. So this isn't like big breaking. Oh my God, we got Suzuki because of the partnership. I mean, I will say the 
MLW and New Japan like working relationship. I I do believe this will like definitely benefit MLW a yes. lot. Yes. I mean, I highly doubt they get Okada for their show, but you know, it wouldn't hurt them getting someone like a Minoru Suzuki or like a Tomohiro Ishii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have Suzuki taking on Jacob Fatu on October 14th in Philadelphia at the old ECW arena, I believe. Yeah, 2300 arena. Oh, that should be fun. Right? Main event of that show is Alex Kane versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. for the World Heavyweight Championship. What else is on this show? Um, Matt Warner and Matthew Justice versus the Calling Cannonball. And talent, I don't know who they are. In the Chamber of Horrors match. And then Delmi Exo will defend the World Featherweight Championship against Becca. Bunch of names that I don't know about, which I should. I should know about all those names. I know a few in MLW. Yeah. I, I remember King, King Mortez, the former Bill Mortez in Lucha right. Underground. Yeah. I just don't is have... He book, is he booked for the show? Not in this email I've got. Really just the, the four matches that I see here. And then they say all oh, these other talent will work as well. Um, Bombay Fight Club, Selena De La Renta, who just recently returned, Matt Cardona, Mance Warner, Ricky Shane Page, Akira, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, one called Manders, Matthew Justice, Ichiban, Love Doug, Matt Stryker, Joe Dombrowski, Mr. St. Laurent, and more. So I just don't have the time to watch MLW. I get the show every week, but I just don't get the time to watch it. I used to watch it frequently when back when Low Key was champion. Ooh, that's a while ago. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that was like four years ago. Right. He fell off. I don't know what's he been doing recently. I think he worked. I know he works for like like one indie promotion, but that's it. Um. A week ago, he worked for Hog Wrestling. He's been doing a lot of stuff for Hog Wrestling. That's right. Him and Kushida had a match for Hog at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of the month. No, this wasn't the beginning of the month. This was back in March. So yeah, he's been working a lot of Hog Wrestling this year, but not. He's only worked one to five matches this year. So, with that guy's he, on, go go for it. Is he just? Is he just like slowly just? Like, is this just, like, slowly, like, just leaving wrestling, just not working as much? Maybe, or people just don't want to hire him. I know in the past, people have said he's kind of hard to work with at times, so I don't know. He was big in in wrestling, I would say, in the 2000s. I mean, he was Caval in WWE. Yeah, but his only, like, good match there was, like, him versus Dolph. (laughs) And, like, I guess Vince didn't really like him. I mean, he had a McIntyre match in, like, 2010, I think. Right around the same time as the Dolph match. That McIntyre match was his last match, though. True. I believe so, yeah. Who was his NXT pro again? It was Lay Cool. That's right. I was trying to remember, because I'm like, I know he was in NXT when they were doing the pros versus rookies thing. 
But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here today. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Also with that, Google Pod is going away. And they're basically just merging the Google Pod stuff into the YouTube music app. So if you do listen to us on the Google Podcast app, which is where I listen to all my podcasts, it's all going to get just migrated over into the YouTube music app soon. I got an email about it like two days ago saying Google Podcast is going away. But you can still find all your favorite podcasts in the Google or the YouTube music app. So if you do listen to us over there, it's switching over to a different app. Also, I want to say if you're watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tier subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button and become a channel member. Also, forgot to mention, uh, today and tomorrow are the final days on Twitch where you can subscribe to the channel and get your subscription 25% off. I think it's 25% off. No, it's 30% off for September. So if you want to subscribe to the channel, do it now and your subscription will be 30% off. Also, remember to head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. I would say don't even buy anything. Go claim Disney Speedstorm on the Epic Game Store. This is the best kart racing game out. It is free to play as of yesterday. And when you go claim it on the Epic Game Store, use this code right here, PWUnlimited. Use code PWUnlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. But more specifically, Go get Disney Speedstorm. This game is a blast. We did a stream last night, twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy, where I did races with people in the chat. We set up a lobby, and we just kept racing. Had a lot of fun. This game is great, and I want to get more of this. I want to do more of this with Disney Speedstorm to the point where not only are we just setting up races, but we do a Discord call and everyone can jump on and talk trash with each other while we're racing and so forth. So this could be something really, really cool that I really want to set up and start doing more of going forward. Community-driven events on my Twitch with the chat in Disney Speedstorm. And hey, you guys don't even have to pay for the game. You get it for free on your PlayStation, your Xbox, and your Nintendo Switch, your PC, and mobile coming soon. Not out on mobile yet, but mobile coming soon. I also want to do more streams like this with Jackbox as well. I do know next month, Jackbox Party Pack 10 is coming out. So, yeah. Uh, but head over to the Epic Game Store, buy something, claim something that's free, and put this code in. P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout. Um, if you Did play... they say what Jack... Go for Did it. they say what Jackbox... Party Pack 10 is going to look like? or Yeah, they've shown off some of the games already, and they've been doing uh, live streams showing it off and stuff. So it, it looks promising, just like all the other ones. I just don't know the exact date when they're going to drop it. They just said fall at first, and now they're saying October. So really cool. Because Jackbox is another one where I have the game, 
you guys watch the stream and can play along on your phone, your tablet, or your computer without having to actually purchase it. You can play for free. So that's why I want to do more kind of streams like that with free-to-play games and whatnot. So you guys can interact with the chat, or not the chat, but the stream, and be involved in play with. Have you played Speedstorm yet? Uh, I still need to download it on my PlayStation. I know gotcha. it came out for free yesterday. Yes, for everything so, except for mobile. So I still need to download it. Because yeah, I know you were in the chat last night when we were streaming it. So yeah, I got home. Yeah, I got home late last night, and gotcha. I didn't really want to download it yet. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. And they just dropped the Aladdin season. They also said, and I know this isn't a gaming podcast, but they also said in November, the next season is Frozen, and then after that, the next season will be Little Mermaid. So, got a lot to look forward to when it comes to Disney Speedstorm. And then, uh, well, speaking of looking forward to, we may be able to look forward to a season three of Heels, because according to showrunner and Nickelodeon legend Mike O'Malley, who plays um, FWD Florida wrestling dystopia owner Charlie Gully on heels, he spoke with Entertainment Weekly, basically saying they're looking for a new home for the show after Stars actually canceled it after season two. Now, I'm not going to give any spoilers if you haven't seen the end of season two, but season two ends on possibly three of the biggest cliffhangers they could go out on. Maybe losing their company. Maybe somebody dying. Maybe somebody paralyzed. That's all I'm going to say. No other, no, not going to give any other spoilers. But three huge things happened in that, that finale that was like, oh, they didn't think they were getting cut. They thought they were getting a season three. And Michael O'Malley stated the following to Entertainment Weekly, saying, quote, I really do think it's going to have a life someplace else. I, I was really, really challenging, or it was really, really challenging in the sense that we weren't able to promote this show and talk about this show due to the writers and actors strike. Even though Stephen Amell was doing very creative things on his social media to promote it, like there was one, he had a post where he was on a run or a walker, he was out and about, working out or whatever, and just happened to walk in front of a Heels billboard, so he took a picture in front of it. He's not allowed to promote the show, but no one said he can't take a picture in front of a billboard that just happens to be a promotion for his show. Yeah, people were getting mad with Stephen Amell during all that, but Michael Malley states the following. We knew when we finished the season, all the cast and everyone involved with the show were doing, were going to have to work our tails off to get people to watch the show because stars doesn't have the same marketing and advertising muscle behind it. When the strike happened and they said, we can't talk about it. It wasn't like heels was on buses in every city in America We're on Friday nights in the summertime stars worked really hard on making a great show and funding a great show. And we did too. We knew that we were going to have to carry some of the marketing we were supposed to go to Comic-Con, and we didn't. He says on whether they intended for season two to end, or the series to end with season two, he stated, we did not intend, nor do we intend, for this to be the last episode of the show. One of the things that we're trying to do with the show is honor wrestlers, honor anybody who has a dream and the endurance to pursue, pursue that dream. Sometimes the endurance can be misguided. For instance, I used to like tap dancing. 
I was terrible at it, but when I was in college, to get out of the University of New Hampshire with a theater degree, I had to take tap dance. You have never seen a tap dancer worse than me. And can you imagine if I spent my whole life, hey man, I have a dream. I'm going to bring tap dancing back. So one of the things we were trying to talk about in the show, if you want to be a professional wrestler, but you also have to have a family and you have to have financial stability and you want to have a body that still works. These are all the sacrifices that you make. And Jack Spade, the sacrifice that happened to his family is that his father, played by uh, David James Elliott, wanted it so badly and was so disappointed he killed himself. What the show is really about, how does our humanity get in the way of our own happiness? What happens at the end of the episode is Jack, who has been treated a certain way by his father, sees Ace being praised by the Continuum ex- executive, Jen, uh, Jen Lucier. She's rooting for Ace, and here's Jack, still the boy who wanted to be loved by his dad. He lets his ego take over. He executes the leap. The moment is just him pushing it one step too far, and his brother is being celebrated instead of him. And that's the tragedy of, the, of all of it. Now, he doesn't give a spoiler on exactly what happens here at the end of the show, but basically he says that uh, some of the cast are still under contract, and they hope to get a season three. I hope they get a season three. Again, this show is fantastic. This show is phenomenal. They have great writers and showrunners and producers like Michael Malley. I know Michael Malley wrote a couple episodes in season two. Not sure how many he wrote in season one. But yeah, the show is great. The show is fantastic. Support Heels. And let's get it on another network. Whether it is a streaming service. Whether it is... mm. If it's something like a streaming service and the show wouldn't have to change. Oh no, you wouldn't have to change too much. Just no, don't show any more sex. Because there was one scene where they, or actually a couple scenes, where they were showing Ace and Crystal just going at it a couple times. So they wouldn't be able to show that if they were on, like, cable. But that wouldn't drastically change the show any. Maybe less F-bombs. But, yeah, I hope this show gets another home, another run. Even if it's just to wrap everything up in a season three. Even if it's just one more season. It's always such a shame when a show is on a good run, they end a season on a cliffhanger, and then poof, they get canceled. The biggest example of this that I know of in my life and shows that I loved, My Name is Earl. They found out that Earl Jr. was not Earl's son, which we basically know, but he was also not Crab Man's son. They had the paternity test. We were able to find out. They were going to tell us, and then to be continued. And NBC cut the rug right out from under them. So, yeah, support shows that you want to see coming back. Watch the shows, support it, tweet about it, and let's get heels on another platform or another network or wherever it needs to go. Because it sounds like these people want it to continue, and I want it to continue, selfishly. I don't know if you've watched many or any of heels, so. I I mean, I haven't really seen heels, but like a good example of like what you said is, like, have you ever seen the show ALF? From back in like the 80s? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who were, do you remember their last episode where they were trying to like run away from like the military because they didn't want Alf to be dissected? Right. Their last episode, they were, they were showing the military catching Alf and they said to be continued mm-hmm. and the show I got canceled. About, I forgot about that. I haven't seen Alf in so long. But and then, 
but then they just like cancel the show then it led the audience to think alf was actually dissected and then they and i remember they made a movie like years later i think so yeah alf was, alf was still alive but but like the military was getting ready to like kill him or something i don't know i never saw the movie i know what you're talking about and then i want to say there's been talks of ryan reynolds trying to reboot alf like recently this year I don't know if it's true. Well, the guy who played Alf and back in the day, like passed away in 2016, I believe. You know, yeah, you'd have to recast characters and this and that and stuff. But yeah, heels need to go somewhere because this show is fantastic. This show is phenomenal. This show is great. Just excuse me. Just think if they can go somewhere that's going to actually give them an even bigger budget. The show already was great with the stuff that they were working with, but if they can go somewhere with like a Peacock or a Netflix. Or a Paramount Plus, which I doubt they go. Mm, no, never mind. I was thinking Stars is connected to Paramount, but that's Showtime's connected to Paramount. Maybe they go to Showtime. Maybe they go HBO. He go put put it on Max. So I don't know where Heels goes, but I hope Heels goes somewhere. HBO Max or maybe Amazon Prime. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Amazon Prime wouldn't be a bad one. But speaking of knowing where somebody is going, we know where Jade Cargill is going, and that is the WWE. It had been rumored for weeks now that Jade Cargill was going to sign with the WWE, and this past week, this past Tuesday, it was announced that Jade Cargill had signed with WWE and was officially reporting at the Performance Center. Was it Tuesday or was it Monday when this announcement was first made? I can't remember now. Uh, I want to say Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I think everything was like she's reporting today to the Performance Center. But because I, I woke up that day and the, my phone was like blowing up with tweets saying that, oh, yeah, Jay Cargill's actually signed. And like many wrestlers were like saying like how this is a huge sign. And I remember Grayson Waller said, what better way for Jay Cargill to debut in WWE than have her on the Grayson Waller effect? Right. It's everything you So... I mean, I have no clue how they how she debuts in the company, though. Yeah, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. So the big question is going to be, where does she go? What does she do? Who does she work with first? Is it NXT? Is it the main roster? According to Dave Meltzer, in multiple different things now, he said they're working on main roster plans for Jade. Now, I don't know if that's imminent main roster plans or if they plan on having her in NXT for a little bit and then already know how they're going to call her up. I don't know. But everything is pointing to Jade working out and training at the PC, but being a main roster superstar right off the jump. That is something that does sound very, very, very possible. And so now we got to just think of who does she work with first? Bianca? EO Sky? Bailey? Dakota? Well, not Dakota. Dakota's hurt. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, there's so many different names she can work with. Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax. Maybe Nia Jax runs through all these women. And then Jade shows up and is like, you think you're big and bad? Well, I'm even bigger and badder. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think we talked about this recently of the whole, I would have liked Jade to just show up and beat people up. But they already doing that with Nia, so they need a different kind of approach to her debut. So, it's going to be interesting. And then, in an interview with TMZ Sports, she actually talked about uh, WWE signing 
was never always the plan. And she said, no, not in general about planning on signing with WWE. So this was something that I've been going back and forth in my head, going back and forth within my head in the like past couple of months. You know, it's if this is really what I want to do and taking this leap, because you never know in wrestling, things can go left. It can go right. It can go up. It can go down. It can just, it just took time. The time I was home. I took the time to really register and determine what I wanted to do in this industry. And taking the leap was the best thing I can do. So from that quote, it almost sounds like to me, it wasn't AEW stay there or go to WWE. The way she phrased that was stay in wrestling or sign with WWE. Am I, am I interpreting that wrong? Do you think? I don't know. No, I think you're right. I feel like her whole plan was I'll work AEW to to create a name for myself hmm. and then try to go WWE. Right. Because I remember in the past, she had a tryout with WWE. I can't this remember is, which class it was. This was before AEW was even a thing. Mark Henry got her a yeah. tryout. So Was it the same class Sammy Guevara was in? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I can tell you right now. So uh, Sammy Guevara had a tryout there, and he, was, he even had a match on television against Eric Rowan. Sammy? Yeah, he he like did like a vlog about it. He was one of the local competitors facing Eric Rowan on television. Huh, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Jade Cargill's 2019 when she had her tryout. So that doesn't sound like it would have been the same time as um, Sammy because Sammy would Sammy would have already been signed by AEW. So unless it was like January of 2019. It wouldn't have been the same. Sammy's, I think, was 2018. Let's see. Sammy Guevara, WWE tryout. Uh, Sammy Guevara had a WWE tryout in... When was this? Um, 2018. 2018, so it wasn't the same one. His tryout was before hers. Almost like a year before hers. Yeah, because he's got a vlog and everything up from February of 2018 about his um, tryout and whatnot. It says, Sammy Guevara, how I trained for my WWE tryout. And that was 28, early 2018. But, you know, Jade's coming in. Jade's going to do great things in WWE. I assume, I think, I really do believe but the big question that people have been now asking is, who is next from All Elite Wrestling to go to WWE? Some of the names that have been swirling around, QT Marshall, Ricky Starks, Wardlow. But who on that AEW roster do you think could be the next one to jump to WWE? So, I know the day when Jade signed, Wardlow's name was like trending on Twitter. People were saying like, oh, he could be next because, you know, AEW's not really using him that much. Right. But that's just fan speculation. That's just fan speculation. No inside knowledge. Yeah, but like, let's say he does sign with with WWE. I just don't know, like, what his gimmick would be. I feel like his gimmick would just be like, I'm big and that's just all I am. That's all he is in AEW. I mean, yeah, but... And and that worked when he first signed because he was the only, like, big guy like that. It was, like, him and Hobbs 
We're the only two big guys. But now they got a bunch of big guys. Well, it was him and Jake Hager at the time, though. Uh, yeah, kind of. But he was... No, he wasn't really pushed hard. I was going to say he... Well, yeah. Because I remember being at the first show, that first Double or Nothing, and they played the video for Wardlow. Like, Wardlow is coming. And a bunch of us kind of looked at each other like, who's that? Like, we didn't even know who he was. Yeah, then when he first got in, he was basically just a guy with MJF. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, for a while then. Uh, since I already said maybe MJF. Apparently, there's rumors in the company that like MJF might have signed already. Oh, I believe so. I believe MJF has already signed a contract extension and all the... My contract's up in 2024. The bidding war of 24. I think that's all storyline. Like, when he, fir- when he was first doing that stuff, like, those were actually shoots. I think so, yes. Like, him saying that, but now they turn it into a storyline. Yeah, I yeah, believe, I believe he's, he's done. He's done signed something already. I think the rumor was he signed an extension with AEW, but AEW, like, didn't, doesn't want to quite announce it yet because right. of, like, storyline story stuff. Yeah. Because they want the eyes on MJF at the end of the year of, I believe, do I go? Because he said in an interview, I want to say it's with Sports Illustrated maybe, that his contract's up January 1st. That's what he said. And so it's like, okay, so on New Year's Eve, everyone's going to be wondering, what's he do, what's he do, what's he do? But if I'm looking at the AEW roster here, I'm going to pull it up on the screen. If we look here, it's like who could really jump? Well, I know WWE wants Andrade back. Well, that's a no brainer. And I think Andrade wants to go back, and they're not even really using Andrade that much anyway. Well, no, he's getting used pretty good on Collision for the most part. Does anyone really watch Collision anymore? I mean, I do, but not live. I certainly don't review it anymore because it's just, I said it before. It's turning into Rampage with the second hour. But if we continue to look here, um, I mean, I can see Action Andretti being somebody Shawn Michaels would like in NXT. But there's no past that for him, I don't think. It's like, yeah, we'll sign you and put you in NXT, but I don't see him on the main roster. I don't think... I don't think people on the main roster would really like him considering like his size. So if we keep looking though, um, and and granted we don't know when a lot of these guys and girls contracts are up. So, but Oh, oh, I mean, we can say who's next. Actually it's Brian Pillman jr. They aired the video teasing him on NXT this week. Yeah, but we've known for like a little while, at least that, Brian Pillman was going to WWE. Yeah, since the beginning of August, we've known. When his contract is up, basically it was like, his contract's up. Oh, he's WWE bound. But now they're teasing him. So it's like, oh, he's in. Because it was, he's signing, but we never heard that he officially signed. But now, he's wearing that Tiger shirt and watching WCW and old Bengals content. And I'm looking here, I'm I'm not really seeing many who I think would be a good jump, like Wardlow, maybe. Ricky Starks, I think, could do well. Well, here's the thing about Ricky Starks. I feel like he would do really well in NXT, but 
I just don't know how you do on main roster. I could see Ricky Starks NXT champion. I really can. Oh yeah, he would. He would do. He's one of those guys that he would do great in NXT. But as far as like him on main roster, it's completely unknown. Here's a question I have for you. In NXT, we had the Undisputed Era, which is a group comprised of all former Ring of Honor talent. What if we do in WWE, Cody Rhodes? running a stable, running a faction of all former AEW people. He gets QT. He gets Ricky. He gets Jade. He gets Wardlow. All under Cody and the new Nightmare Family 2.0. It would be, it would be interesting, I will say, because you have like QT kind of be like your like coach and stuff. Yeah. Jade be your female wrestler yeah wardlow as your size and ricky as like your mid card guy mm-hmm. i could see that working very well all right it would definitely work very well and like i can totally see fans like and they'd show like vignettes of them training at the nightmare factory mm-hmm. I, would, I would like it but we don't know when like a lot of these guys contracts are actually up so i can look here hold on i'm gonna pull up contract stuff um why can't i find it contract 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 here we go as far as aw contracts that we know of coming up next year qt marshall's contract is supposed to be up towards the end if not early next year mjf says a january 1st um we know that andrade's contract is up in the middle of next year Around summer, sometime in summer. And then the only other one also we know up next year for sure. Dustin Rhodes. I wonder if Dustin leaves AEW and goes becomes a producer for WWE. I think he would make a phenomenal producer for WWE. Oh, he would. He definitely would, but... I'm pretty sure he said, like, once his contract was up with AEW, I'm, he's, like, retiring from, like, in-ring competition. Well, that's why he can be a producer. He's got his school in Texas, but I think throw him out there twice a week, Raw and SmackDown, and produce some matches. Maybe even like, help, you have, know, train a little bit. Have him be in charge of, like, producing a lot of Cody's stuff. Well, yeah. Him and Cody can work well together. And then put him on TV with Cody every so often or periodically or whatever, too. Like, Cody, oh, man, how good would it have been if Cody's doing this stuff with the bloodline, getting frustrated with the bloodline, and all of a sudden Dustin showed up to be his voice of reason? Like, hey, you got to calm down. Hey, I know this isn't going well. Hey, you almost beat him last year. Like, say Cody gets another shot at WrestleMania 40. Dustin shows up. Wouldn't be possible because his contract's not up till after Mania next year. But it would just be cool. Dustin shows up and is like, hey, I got your back. I'll be there with you. They're not going to screw you like they did last time. That, w- that would have been amazing. Yeah, but if this contract's up in September, not uh, possible. If, if they had, like, another alternative, let's say they, they had another alternative to, like, Cody's voice or reason, who do you think it would be? Randy? That's a tough one. Randy, Randy? could make sense because think about it. Who put Randy on the shelf? The bloodline. So Randy, like, I have firsthand knowledge of working against these guys. They put me out for over a year. If not at this point, coming up almost two years. 
So like, mm, that'd be a good one. Brandy. If not him, I'd say like Brandy, Brandy Rhodes. Well, yeah, she was kind of she was kind of his voice of reason back in AEW. Yeah, but it's also like she doesn't want to do much on television. She said it. She's like, ah, I don't. Like, I have no desire to go back and be like a full time wrestler or personality on television. Granted, she can go do something for a small little program and work a couple of dates, but I don't know. Well, yeah, this, but like, it wouldn't have to be a full time thing though, right? Like, her with like Cody with the bloodline stuff that can just be like a one time thing. That's like, all right, she can go back to being like a full time mother now. Yeah. So another name that I want to pick your brain about that could possibly jump over to AEW from AEW to WWE, which would be actually going back. Malachi Black didn't he at one point say he wanted out? He did. Then. So the rumor was that he asked for his release. Then they were going to give it to him, but and they were going to add terms to it. Right. But then. Then I guess last minute, Tony Khan was like, all right, no one's getting their release anytime soon. That led to Malachi Black going on Instagram Live saying, like, all this stuff is not true. Don't listen to the dirt sheets. Mm -hmm. Well, he's done that plenty of times, multiple times. Yeah, then then he ended up saying, you know, my contract was never five years and stuff, which, which I don't know about that. I mean, Tony Khan did say his contract was about five years. Right, so... Yeah, because the rumor because the rumor is he's locked in till twenty seven. Then then eventually they gave him time off and he agreed. Right. So there's a lot a lot of things to think about here. Who could go next to WWE after Jade and Brian Pillman Jr. Who could do well there? Where's Jade gonna go? Where's Jade gonna be placed, positioned? She did state in an interview, I already know what brand I'm gonna be on. I can't tell you now, but I know where I'm going. So my question is, do I see Jade? in the crowd this Saturday, tomorrow night at NXT, and they say, hey, newest WWE signee, Jade Cargill. Coming to NXT soon. Or do we not see her there, and she shows up on the main roster show? That's the big question. Because I could see, even if she's going straight to the main roster, maybe even have her at the NXT show tomorrow. Oh. Okay. Becky beats Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship. Jade is in the front row, confronts Becky, boom. Main roster program for the NXT Women's Championship. Jade, Becky on Raw, Monday. That'd be really cool. I honestly would. But then the big question would be, though, ah, does Jade win or does Jade lose? And then if Jade wins, that just means she's an NXT superstar with the NXT Women's title? That's the only drawback. I feel like you're... I feel like if you're going that right, that route, you'd have to have her beat Becky. Becky. Yeah, but you would again, have to. What better way to debut in the company than beating Becky Lynch for a belt? You want to put her straight at the tippity tappity top? It's not going to be the ultra top because that's Rhea and Io right now. But you want to be placed as one of the top five in the company as female side. You beat Becky for a belt in your first match or one of your first matches. That could be, I could be right there where they need to go. They could do that, but then like, let's say they go that route. How long does she hold the belt? Because I feel like if she was going to start NXT, it wouldn't be for long. No, six months, max. Let's say she wins the belt, then like, honestly, she loses it, let's say in January, then she debuts in the Rumble, then boom, she wins it, challenges Rhea at Mania. So here's my thing. I don't even think Jade needs to lose the NXT Women's title. I think Jade and her character... 
from what we had seen, if she plays a similar character to her AEW character, I could see Jade holding the NXT Women's title. And then as we get closer to WrestleMania, she gets the realization of, oh, I'm down here. I don't get to work WrestleMania if I'm here. If I'm this champion, I got to work the other show. I don't want this belt no more. I'm coming to Raw and SmackDown, and I want to work WrestleMania. I want to be on the biggest stage. And she just vacates the NXT Women's Championship and makes it seem like I'm too big for NXT. I want to work WrestleMania. And then we build a program up for her at next year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40. That, that wouldn't be a bad idea, but at the same time, that would, that would kind of make NXT look bad, in my opinion, though. Yes and no, if it's done right. Also, um... It- one second. It's done right, yes. Tony in the YouTube chat says Tegan Knox to challenge for the the winner of the man versus Tiffany Stratton. Okay. And then that match happens. So we don't have to set up officially Jade and Becky for Monday, but we tease it. We tease it, Jade and Becky for the NXT woman's title. Jade then shows up Monday and beats Tegan Knox's ass and says, uh-uh. I'm stepping to the front of the line. I want Becky Lynch. Unfortunately, then Tegan would get whatever, you know, pushed back down and look bad, but I'd be all for it. She beats. Let's say Becky. Let's say they do the match of Tegan and Becky. Becky wins. Yeah, you could go that route too. Then Becky cuts a vignette or a promo saying like, like I've, you know, I've beaten a lot of people for this title already. So, that already makes me the greatest NXT Women's Champion of all time. Then out comes Jade. Well, yeah, because Becky can. So here's what they can do. I got it right here. Becky and T can have the match. So they have a good match on Raw. Becky wins and then goes, okay, who's next? Open challenge. And I know I'm not a big proponent of open challenges. I bitch about AEW doing it. But again, if it's only Becky doing the open challenges, it's fine. You don't need all your champions doing open challenges. But then that's how you debut Jade. Or Becky doesn't even have to do open challenge. Becky beats Tegan and then goes, oh, hey, also, who's next? Maybe it's Jade, who I saw on Saturday. Does Jade want to step to me? She looks very confident and no mercy. But now where is she? And then Jade appears, maybe attacks her from behind or walks down the ramp and gets face to face. I think you could do something like that. Tegan can get her match, shine in the match, look good, do whatever. And then you start... Becky and Jade for the NXT Women's title. I don't know if that's the plan. That's just me making a very bold prediction on what and how I would fantasy book it. I like it. I really do. And with, which I know I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Go for it. You know, with like main roster, with having like having a lot of main roster people in NXT a lot, do you think Tegan Knox is someone that would actually benefit from that? As far as going back to NXT? Yeah, because I know they had a lot of main roster people do like go back to NXT for a little bit. Do you think they should do that with Tegan Knox? So, yes and no. I don't think it would quote unquote benefit her in the way you made it sound of like she needs to go back down there to get better. But I think it would be a possibility for her to get more TV time. Yes. I so, mean, she's already like good in the ring, so right. she doesn't really need necessarily need to get better. But as far as like giving her more TV times, like, hey, we're not really using her a lot on main roster, so let's put her down in NXT for a little bit, then when it's time, we can put her back on main roster. 
No, no, no. I, I totally agree. It's just the way you worded it almost sounded like she needs to go back to NXT to get better. But it's just how I perceived it. Now, the other win big question with Jade, the other way they can debut her, they recently teased the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament but didn't state who's going to be in the tournament. What if Jade just wins that and then gets a shot at the NXT Women's title? It wouldn't be a horrible idea because that way you can have her, you can make her look strong against like Becky. Let's say she destroys everyone in like a one minute match. Right. And then Becky's got this monster coming after her. And they put on like an absolute banger. Right. So. I mean, if anyone's going to be able to mask Jade's flaws in the ring perfectly, it'd probably be Becky. I think the only person oh, that yeah. would maybe be able to, to mask them better would be like a Mercedes Monet. But she's not in WWE anymore. So I think, you know, Becky would be one of the ones. Becky, maybe Charlotte, that could mask Jade's or, flaws. Or, or Asuka. Bianca. Bianca to an extent, yes, but not as well, I don't think, as a Becky or a Charlotte or an Asuka. But I don't or think. Or Sky, maybe. I don't. Yeah. I just don't think Jade's ready for Asuka. Asuka going to go a little too, too much, be a little too much for Jade Cargill. My opinion. Yeah. But as we move forward on this, we don't know where Jade is going, and somebody else we don't know where they're going is one Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was released by WWE, and now it sounds like a lot of people are interested in the original bro. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he does state the following. Since the word last week of his being let go, there have been an interest by there has been interest by a number of companies in both pro wrestling and MMA. Most pro wrestling companies of any size immediately expressed interest, and in MMA, both PFL, the Professional Fighters League, and Bare Knuckle Fighting had expressed interest due to his name and the value of his name from WWE and the fact that he was a decent MMA fighter. Well, now the big question is: Does Riddle stay in wrestling? Does Riddle go to MMA? Or does Riddle do both? Because he could do both. Look at Jake Hager. Look at Bobby Lashley. They did both. And did both pretty well. So now it's like PFL, bare knuckle. Okay, he's got interest over there. But what does he do in, in wrestling? Does AEW sign him? Does he got to go work Impact? New Japan? I know. Basically, the reason WWE signed him was so he didn't go to New Japan. I'll just say that. that that's been the the going consensus ever since he got signed, that they were never 100% interested in. They always kept an eye on Matt Riddle. But as soon as it was known that um, Impact wanted, not Impact, New Japan wanted Riddle, they're like, you're coming here. Offer set. Well, I know, I'm pretty sure I know in the past they had eyes on him, but I think the rumor was they told Evolve, like, hey, you know, bring this guy in, and once he, like, cleans up his yeah. act... We can pick we can pick him up and stuff. So, so maybe New Japan still has interest in him, but I could totally see Impact Wrestling being interested in him. They yeah. they always sign like former WWE people. So I could totally see Impact being interested in him. Maybe, maybe AEW, but I feel like AEW might want this guy to like clean up his act first. So speaking of cleaning up his act. It sounds like also, according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, maybe a little heat on old Matthew Riddle, as Meltzer wrote, quote, 
Riddle also had heat with management at one point right after that for going off the script and putting over Randy Orton on a live television interview when talking about how much pain Orton was in during the latter stages of their team and before the injury angle was shot. While praised for the promo going behind the scenes and being real, it was not what was scripted. So there were times where apparently Riddle had gone off script. But then also, speaking of heat... We had heard Fightful had a report recently, right after the release, that one higher up in the company said he went through too many chances and just lost them all, and that's why he's gone. He blew through too many chances. I mean... He kept messing up. I mean, with everything that's happened with him in the past year, I can totally understand it. Right. So, good question. What does this mean? Riddle posted this yesterday on Twitter and stated, coming soon with the hang loose. This is just new merch. He's opening a pro wrestling tea store. I think so. Riddle, Maybe that, or it's, or, it's probably just, or it's probably just him just saying, you know, I'm a free agent. Right. Well, if he's a free agent, he can't do anything till December 20th, though. Or it's probably just like, Maybe it's also like hyping himself up so that way when he, he becomes like officially right. a free agent, a lot of companies can go after him. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to cut out this story. We don't need to talk about Saudi Arabia. But uh, tonight is Friday Night SmackDown, and all indications are that LA Knight should be on tonight's show. According to a new report from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider and According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, they both state that the going belief right now is that LA Knight will be on tonight's uh, SmackDown after having to be pulled from last week's show after testing positive for COVID-19. Now, if you guys don't know, LA Knight was supposed to show up at the end of SmackDown last week to save John Cena from the bloodline, to be the one... To be John Cena's partner at Fastlane. So now maybe we get that all set up today. I don't know how they do it. Now that they've already announced it as a handicap match. So it'll be interesting how they flip-flop around this and fit it all in. Let's say in the main event, like Cena's cutting a promo. Then all of a sudden like Solo and Jimmy come out saying... You you don't stand a chance against the both of us when you're just on your own. Then out comes L.A. Knight and said says like he's no longer on his own. Like I'll take you guys on. That would work with with Cena. Then Cena agrees. No, the best way to do it would be basically what you're saying. And Cena's like, oh, well, over the last week, I may have found myself an opponent or a partner, and then we partner. just hear. Yeah, he just yells. We just hear yeah yelled over the the microphone or over the speakers. Out comes L.A. Knight, and the crowd goes wild. You gotta get that plug in of the yeah. Like he says yeah after yeah. like L.A. Knight says yeah. Right. Cena's like, hey, I did find myself a partner, and then you just hear yeah, and the whole crowd goes nuts. Yep. Even though it's very was- expected. I think it's still getting a big pop. Because the rumor is LA Knight might be Roman's opponent in Saudi. Yeah, so here's my question to you. With that, would you rather see LA Knight challenge Roman in Saudi and lose, 
or LA Knight in another match in Saudi and win. Because you know he ain't beating Roman. I mean, he, that is true. He's not beating Roman, but I feel like even though he loses to Roman, it can still be like a big showing for him. Actually, that can definitely show, yes. sh- like show something like, hey, something like really good is going to happen to him like down the line, even though it's like not now, but something good is going to happen to him. Especially if it's a big normal bloodline finish where he has to get taken down by every member of the bloodline before he, Roman can pin him. Make him look second strong. To show you, second to show you, like how strong this guy is. Yeah. Oh, rather than, like, I would much rather have him like challenge Roman and lose than have him just do another match with against Miz. Well, Miz ain't going to Saudi. Miz never goes to Saudi, so it'd be somebody else. But I get what you're saying. Now, speaking of that Saudi show, it looks like as we predicted, the SmackDown before the Saudi show is going to be a pre-tape. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he writes the following. A schedule note is that they are running SmackDown and house shows in the U.S. on the weekend of Saudi Arabia show on 11-4, but not a SmackDown taping. It looks like they'll be doing two SmackDowns in Milwaukee, but that same top talent won't be going to Saudi Arabia as in the past. They have had not run house shows on the weekend of the Saudi shows. So, SmackDown will air on November 4th. It's going to be a pre-taped show, but not everybody is going to Saudi Arabia because they're still running house shows in the U.S. Well, that's an interesting one. That's a very interesting one. Now it's like, okay, who doesn't go to Saudi and who stays back as the big headline draw of the house shows? Is it Seth? Is it Cody? We know Roman's going to Saudi. That's the word. Roman's going to Saudi. So who stays back as the main draw of the house show weekend? It's got to be either Seth or Cody, right? Oh, it'd have to be. So does Cody not work Saudi? Has Cody worked a Saudi show at all yet? He has, right? Brock. That's right. That was in Saudi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if he does, who's his opponent going to be? Dominic? At this point, we would assume he's still on Raw, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they probably won't keep him on Raw until, like, after War Games or something. Yeah, if that is the route they're going. Um, That's a tough one. I have no clue. They've got Cody on some sort of a stretch this out until we need him for Roman kind of thing, and I have no clue what they do. What? Is it just... Unless they keep Judgment Day in the U.S. and they just have him, like a whole Judgment Day thing. Him and Jey Uso against the Judgment Day for the tag titles in Saudi? And the Judgment Day win again? I mean, probably because we all know Cody and Jay probably aren't win- They're definitely not winning the belts. No, but- no. Jay's doing a main roster, not main roster, but main event singles run. Yeah, he can do tag matches. But you put tag titles on him, and boom, that singles run is dead. You gotta get, keep him away from dude, the tag dude, titles dude, for the most him part. Versus Finn. Him versus Finn or him versus Damien in Saudi. Because I'm pretty sure Damien was who was the one that was trying to recruit him to Judgment Day? Was it like originally? Dom. 
Talk about Jay? Yeah. Dom. Yeah, do him versus like Dom or something. Yeah, that would work. So that way you can like build him up more as like a singles guy. Because mm-hmm. if you're just do- having him like team with a bunch of people, then that whole main event thing is just not working. So speaking of tapings and stuff for WWE, we also have some notes and some word on what they're doing with the Christmas episode of, of Monday Night Raw coming up this year. For Dave Meltzer in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, December 25th isn't a date listed on the live event schedule, indicating that WWE will not be running a Raw on that date. Meltzer writes, quote, The biggest house show of the week, the biggest house show week of the year, the week after Christmas, had the scheduled announcement. The Monday is 1225, and they are not running a show that day. So, Raw will either be a best of show, or they will tape two episodes the week before. It's almost impossible to tape two episodes in one night because of the length of Raw. There will be an annual 1226 show in Madison Square Garden. They also run 1226 in Baltimore. Then 1227, the show will be in Boston and Detroit. 1228 is Montreal and Houston. 1229 will be SmackDown tapings in Toronto and a Raw house-branded show in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. They're also running 1230 from the Forum in Los Angeles. There will be a 1-1 live event in San Diego. So there is no Raw scheduled for the 25th. So it seems like the week before that, December 18th, they would have to do a double taping. But that means you got a crowd there for like seven hours. Jeez. I would not want to be there. I mean, I'd have fun. I'd, I'd go. But you're going to be tired after that. And where is that show on... The 18th. Let me look it up really fast. Because if that's an East Coast show, that's, oh boy, that's even worse. So if we go to tickets, go to WWE tickets, do they have that show announced yet? December 18th. December 18th will be from Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, I'm sure they do have, yeah, they have it announced. Yeah, it's Des Moines, Iowa, and it's like, oh, Oh, man. That's a central time show. So, I mean, it's an hour earlier than East Coast, but still. That's going to be a late, late show if they do two raw tapings. Because you got main event tapings at four, or or it would be a seven. No, there will be six. Main event tapings at six. Then you got raw six from seven, eight, nine to ten. From seven to ten. Then... 10 to 11, 11 to 12, 12. To, you're going to be running this show till 1 a.m. Some buildings don't even let them in there that late. So, oh, man, I don't know what they do. Maybe it's a best of show then. I know they haven't done that for a Raw in a while, but maybe they got to. Well, I know WWE has got, gotten a lot of heat in the past for having, like, a Raw on, a, on like, Christmas Day. Well, yeah, they're not going to let... For the last couple of years, talent has not had to work on Christmas. They've been doing double tapings or best of shows. So we'll see how they do it this year. It's not known. Or what they could do is let's say they do like their yearly awards and they like pre-tape like the wrestlers like getting like certain awards and stuff. That'd be fun. They haven't done that in a while. They do it for NXT, but not the main roster. They haven't even... Go for it. So let's say they, they do that. They have 
so let's say for like two weeks or like a week or two before that they have like people like all right vote for like who you want to win this award and stuff and then then once they know the results they give that wrestler their award and they like pre-tape their reactions and stuff bring back bring back the slammies the slammies christmas edition do do that but it'd have to be like wrestlers like in their home like receiving the award this time but my question is can you do that for three hours probably not three hours (laughs) but yeah but that's quite a ways away What's not quite a ways away, what just happened a week ago was people being let go by WWE. We have a little more news on some of the NXT names being let go and up higher management and higher ups in NXT being upset about all of that. According to a new report from Fightful, they write the following. The news on WWE releases, releases doesn't stop coming in. Needless to say, there, is, there were several people upset and unhappy with Mustafa Ali's release from WWE. Ali had been effectively moved to NXT, where he was gaining steam on the brand. Sources that Fightful spoke to were frustrated with the lack of communication between WWE and NXT. Specifically, we were told that some of the frustration emanated from the fact that there's been a renewed effort to stack NXT with familiar names. In addition to losing one of those names, a planned match with two main roster talent in Mustafa Ali and Dominic Mysterio is now off the table. Those that we heard from, said that there was no indication as of Tuesday, and this was Tuesday last week, before the releases, that Mustafa Ali was going to be cut. And even no indication cuts would happen to anyone with a main roster contract. For those noting that Mustafa Ali asked for his release, he did, though that was over two years ago. It doesn't feel like that long. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Uh, Shawn Michaels spoke on Ali on NXT's media call this week and admitted that it did change plans on the brand and that he liked Mustafa and enjoyed working with him. In an update, we've learned that Shawn Michaels had plans for Mustafa Ali that went well into March of 2024, and he was set to be a long-term part of the NXT brand. We asked Michaels about other releases that affected NXT's imminent plans, and he said Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke had often pushed to be more active in the ring, and and we were told, uh, told separate of Michaels' comments that NXT was happy to have her there, and she was was well-liked by those on the roster and willing to help. So, yeah, those two for sure did come as a super surprise to NXT and the people working in the NXT brand. And it's crazy to hear that Sean had a plan for Ali all the way through March. Basically, it sounds like he had a plan for Ali probably going into next year's Stand and Deliver. Well, yeah, they were, like, really building up Ali to, like, win the North American Championship because all those vignettes of Mustafa was basically just saying, like, my goal in NXT is to win the North American Championship. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was eventually just going to lead up to him winning the title at maybe Stand Deliver. Probably. I I really did feel like Ali was going to win. Now it's Trick Williams, and for some reason Dragon Lee's the referee. I don't know if I'm really into that. Like, not that it's trick, but why does Dragon Lee have to be the referee? I, I, I don't know. Is it just we're going to think that Dragon Lee's going to screw Dominic and then trick is the champion? You know, I can honestly see going going forward with this. Huh? Let's say trick does win. And then maybe like, let's say trick wins. Carmelo loses Ooh. the NXT title against Ilya. And then 
Trick goes on a rant saying like, why, you know, I was in your corner when you won that the NXT championship, but you weren't in my corner when I won the North American title. And that leads to Trick turning heel on Carmelo. That could work. I mean, it would be not what the plan originally was as of now. Because remember, all this got changed, but hey, I don't hate it. As far as one name, because well, go for it, go for it. Well, the reason why I think that because like I feel like when Carmelo eventually goes to main roster, I feel like they're gonna want to put him with like Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits because they did tease that on an episode of SmackDown. Well, I don't know if no, they didn't tease Bobby wanting to work with him. Remember what Bobby said? Bobby said that he told the Street Profits, "I talked to Carmelo and Trick about you guys." Because I'm trying to learn more about you and figure out if you're who I really want to be working with. So that's it wasn't a tease of Trick and Carmelo working with Bobby. It was Bobby asking them about the Street Profits, which it's like, what would they know about the Street Profits that Bobby wouldn't? They were never even worked. They weren't. They were working with Street Profits in the past. Yeah, they weren't all in NXT together. They they Street Profits were already on the main roster by the time Trick and Carmelo came in. But I do know that. I did have it on the sheet, but I pulled it because we're going long. Uh, Shawn Michaels had told uh, Carmelo Hayes, basically, quote, not that he's not ready yet for the main roster, but he still has more to do in NXT to really lay the groundwork for the the wrestler that they want him to be on the main roster. They're like, hey, hey, don't build your roof and complete the house yet when you still got so much more to do here in NXT. Basically, he's somebody that they want down there to really help keep that brand strong right now. But somebody that was in NXT is now on the main roster but can't wrestle right now due to an injury is Dakota Kai. And Dakota Kai actually gave an injury update recently about her torn ACL stating the following. While speaking to the Home Run podcast, Dakota Kai was asked about her recent recovery stating, quote, If we're looking at a torn ACL, particularly my injury, it would be eight to nine months. It happened at the end of May. So I would be like January, maybe February. I'm feeling good. I'm actually ahead of schedule in terms of my recovery. It would still be a minute of a minimum of eight months looking to be back in early 2024. Basically, she's saying that she's not going to deviate from the system. Even if she feels like she's doing good and looking like she's ahead of schedule, she's still going to stay out the eight months. And I don't blame her. You don't want to come back too early and then suffer another injury. Suffered the same injury, but worse this time. So we're, I don't think she's going to be in the Rumble, but there's a slight chance. I mean, well, I know she said multiple times in her Twitch stream saying that I'm not cleared to, till February. Yeah. Like she said in this interview, January or February. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think she's, she's going to be in the Rumble. Me I know neither. it would be really cool, mm-hmm. but... I don't think it'll happen. Now to shift over to AEW news, we got an injury to talk about over there, which is very unfortunate. With old Adam Cole, boom, baby. Adam Cole is out with an injury right now, as he suffered a, as he called it, ankle injury that exploded my ankle. He said he shattered, he he broke his ankle in three places and tore it off the bone, the ligament. In an update from Fightful, they basically state that this did change a lot of plans. And that Cole's injury is real. So many people coming out of this week's Dynamite thought that it was a fake injury. 
a lot of people came out of Dynamite thinking, oh, it's a fake injury. You know what I saw people tweeting? That that was Adam Cole under the devil mask with the kingdom and Roddy and not MJF. What? This guy's got a broken ass ankle that needs surgery. Britt Baker even showed photos of what his foot looks like right now, saying like yep. his injury is real. This yeah. is not storyline. Because people, I saw all the tweets of, oh, that guy wearing the mask is too skinny to be to be Max. Oh my God, it's probably Adam. Uh, Max is more jacked. That guy didn't look jacked. So, anyways, just wanted to bring that up in case you guys hadn't seen it this week. Adam Cole's injury is real, not a fake. He's going to be out for a while. Even DPW had had to come out and say, hey, the Adam Cole-Chris Danger match is off as of now. Yeah, because originally they were supposed to, he was supposed to face Chris Danger in DPW like November 12th. Right. But then they said, like, yeah, he won't be cleared by then. So, oh, it's going to be a long time. I mean, I, I can see it being four or five months, if that, if not more. It's gonna, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be at least four months, I think. That's cool. I mean, ever since he debuted in AW, he's been a little, little injury prone. And maybe he need to go back to WWE where he doesn't get hurt so long, so much. Well, I mean, this one, well, this injury was kind of a freak accident. Well, yeah. Though, like, I mean, remember if you remember back in the day, uh, Kevin Nash tore his quad walking back to his corner in like a six-man tag. Yeah, for like those kind of injuries, like, you know, what can you really do? I mean, if he got hurt in the ring, then that's a whole different story. But if it feels like a freak accident like this, it's like, what can you really do? So I'm reading here from WebMD, and it is saying that typically after having ankle surgery, your ankle starts to feel good and more normal, not normal normal, but more normal after three months. Some people can be out of action as far as athletes do go, anywhere up to nine months to possibly a year, depending on the severity of the injury after having surgery. He's out for a year. That's really going to suck. Oh, yeah. Didn't someone in WWE, like, tour ligament, and they were, like, out for the year? I mean, Dakota, but who else would it have been? I don't know who else is injured in WWE. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. I think Sherwood's was a knee injury. Similar to Dakota's, I want to say. I know she's she was out for a year. She's still out. Like, I have no clue when she's coming back. Let me see. I have no clue when she's coming back either. She's been out for a while. Uh, diagnosed with a torn ACL. Dakota Lions. Back in January of this year. So. What about Wendy Chu? I know. Shawn Michaels said recently that she's like nowhere near to being cleared. She's injured? I didn't even know she was injured. Yeah, she was. Because they wrote her off television dur- during the whole Blair Davenport, like hurting people. All right. Uh, let's see. I found this from July of this year. While speaking on the NXT Great American Bash media call, WWE Hall of Famer and NXT creative head Shawn Michaels stated, quote, on Chu's status. Still coming along. She's rehabbing her injuries. Hopefully she will be back soon. We're very good, as is our talent. Very good about making sure they're at 100% and ready to go. My understanding is everything is progressing well, but she's still a ways off before she will be in action. I don't know what the injury is, though. Yeah, 
I think the injury's unknown. But yeah, this was of July right before Great American Bash. We have two more stories to talk about for you when keeping in with AEW. Brian Danielson actually recently talked about it would not be right for him to do the G1 at this point, which a lot of people would love to see Brian Danielson in the G1. Um, while speaking on the Getting Over podcast, Danielson noted that being in the G1 has been a goal of his for a long time, but he's worried about the phys- physical toll that it would take on his body, as Brian stated, quote, Sometimes I have delusions of doing the G1, but I think that's what they are. I think they're delusions. That's something that I've wanted to do forever and ever and ever and have never been able to do it. And so this year would be would would have been the year to do it, except is it? Because by the time the next G1 rolls around, I'll be 43. I love doing this, but it's not worth the expense of my health later on in life. And I've already had enough injury issues. I think now doing a G1 might be a little irresponsible of me in comparison to what my overall long-term goals are, which is being there for my kids and there for my family. I'm not even talking for the month that I'd be gone for the G1. I'm talking what it would do on my body. My body has been very forgiving for me. And the things that I choose to do, I don't want to take advantage of it too much. It's been so good to me. And I need to treat it kindly this year. So yeah, Danielson's like, ah, I'd love to do the G1, but I just don't think I'm in the right kind of physical shape for something like that anymore. Which is unfortunate. I mean, yeah, it definitely sucks. I, I mean, if if he was in the G1, then absolutely. That would be absolute banger. But oh, yeah. I just feel like right now, like in his point of career, and especially with his age, uh, I just, I just don't think it would be right for him to do it. I mean, it's it's always been like he said, a goal of his to do it. I would have loved to see him do it, but if he doesn't think he can, he can do it physically. Don't, don't risk it. Don't. Yeah. As we wrap things up, or go for it. I've always like said this: if a wrestler, if you. Like, feel like it's not right for you to like do something, but it's always been a goal of yours. Just. Just don't do it. If, if you feel like something's exactly. like unsafe for you, just don't do it. And he's done so much in his career. What is really the G1 going to add to his legacy? It's not going to take anything away that he didn't do it. So I think he's fine. Like, what's he going to add? Like, yeah, I, I did the G1. I also, like, did WWE. Yeah. Like, it's it would be fun for him, but just don't risk it. Yeah. So as far as the final news story we do have for you guys, looks like a wrestling term has been added to the dictionary. Merriam-Webster added 690 new words in September, and the famous wrestling term kayfabe is one of them. The dictionary now lists kayfabe as, quote, kayfabe, noun one, the tactic agreement between professional wrestlers and their fans to pretend that overly staged wrestling events, stories, characters, etc. are genuine. Broadly, tactic agreement to behave as if something is real, sincere, or genuine when it is not. Two, the play acting involved in maintaining kayfabe. But with that, kayfabe isn't dead. It exists. It exists tremendously, and it exists in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. 
This is actually the second wrestling term that's been added to the dictionary in the last three years. As in 2020, they also added the word jabroni. I miss that. I I miss that kayfabe show. Right. The one with Sean Oliver. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. But I I remember the part where like Sean would always get the that one question like always asked about Batista. I'm not gonna say it Mm. like right now. Yeah, yeah. But now, I mean, he's doing all right for himself now. He's got his own show with like Kevin Nash. So. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up here. Tonight is Friday Night SmackDown, and I want to say four things have so far been announced for tonight's SmackDown, so let's pull up the WWE.com preview. And this is stuff that is WWE is previewing themselves. First off, we do know that the, the WWE United States Championship will be on the line when Rey Mysterio defends against LWO member Santos Escobar. John Cena will return to SmackDown tonight after being beat down at the end of last week's show by the Bloodline. Also, we do know that Bayley will be going one-on-one with Charlotte Flair. Finally, we do have a new edition of the Grayson Waller Effect, as the special guest will be Bobby Lashley. So with that, that is everything that is being announced for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown, as we do wrap everything up here on the Wrestling Wrap-Up. But Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter X at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. With that, guys, thank you for joining us here. Remember, you can follow us twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I'll be back live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown. And then we'll see you back here Sunday. Not Saturday. No NXT review on Saturday. We'll do our NXT No Mercy review Sunday morning. Then we have a Wrestle Dream review Sunday evening. With that, guys, have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.